Hello, world, and thank you for joining me today. This is Shelley Shearer, and you are listening to the podcast Coulda, Woulda, Shoulda, where if I've experienced it, I'm going to share it with you. If I've learned it, I'm going to tell you about it, and always some education along the way. Good morning, world. Shelley Shearer here, and welcome to Coulda, Woulda, Shoulda, the podcast about not living in regret. Well, I have to tell you, I had the worst weekend ever. And it's just interesting because I am opening up my Journey to the Heart book and I have not looked at my, uh, my what's the word I'm looking for, kind of my meditations here for the last couple of days because I've literally been in the t- emotional toilet. Yep, no other way to describe it, the emotional toilet. I had the fight of all fights with my mother. <laughs> and uh, it's not funny. It's not funny at all. Uh, the funny thing is this happened on Saturday, January 7th and I am opening my book to today to see what we can talk about. And Saturday was remember to be happy. Well, let me tell you, nobody remembered to be happy on Saturday. My mom just pushed one too many buttons and uh, we conflict. We're very, very much alike. We're both very forward, pushy women. And she absolutely loathes that about me and tells me to my face, I hate that about you. The funny thing is, that's how she is. (laughs) It's like, that's why you don't like it. We often don't like people that are just like us because it puts a mirror up for us. And that is why, again, I go back to awareness. If you're aware of how you are, you will find that people that you used to find very abrasive and uh, very annoying that you have a better understanding and acceptance of them. I know I do. I don't freak out when I meet people like me. I'm aware that I'm having a reaction. It might be a little bit of a knee-jerk gut reaction. It's like, oh, they're a little bit like I am. I may not like all those qualities about myself. Uh, I still love myself. That's, that's what you have to come to. But sometimes people that don't have any awareness and uh, I guess what I'm looking for, the word is, When you have no awareness and people annoy you, you tend to transfer what you don't like about yourself onto the other person and it's all about them. So think about that today. Where where might you do this in your life? So that happens, unfortunately, my mother's in my relationship all the time and I've spent a lot of energy this past year kind of keeping my mouth shut, dealing with some of her financial things now that my father is no longer capable and it was just a straw and I lost it and I'm not proud of that and it took a a weekend of of sadness and prayer and asking forgiveness of myself I haven't even spoken to my mom yet according to my son who spoke to her later she doesn't really even remember all of the fight just that I was very upset and I was I was more upset than anybody on the planet is able to make me be so if you have people like that in your life remember not everyone interacts with you the same way But the thing I want to warn you, because this is what I tend to do, the sibling or parent-child relationship is very complicated. And I don't even pretend to have a psychology degree and get into that, although I do have some psychology in my background. The thing is, in a lot of cases, we're like wounded puppies, the children. If you have a parent that is abusive or hurts you or you have conflict with all the time, lots of times there's still that need to be loved and accepted by them. They're your parent. And the sad part is at 51 years of age, I am still that kicked puppy that goes back looking for approval. My mother will never approve of me. She will never uh, like what I've done with my life. She will never understand me. She makes no endeavor to really understand anyone, but so there's why would she understand me? Someone that she caused conflict with all the time. And yet I keep hoping for a, a different result. So the expression, if you keep doing what you've always done, expecting a different result isn't the, is not the the uh, definition of an insanity. I live in an ins- insanity-driven circle with my mo- relationship with my mother. 
Yours might be a completely different relationship or a spouse or a child, another parent, a boss, a grandparent. It's really, it doesn't matter. If you have this sort of unhealthy balanced relationship, it needs to be addressed. I'm not the one to give you that advice. I, unfortunately, the only choice I have is to distance myself and I try and limit my time alone with her so that she doesn't get me alone and can push those buttons. I try and keep it to group environments, places where my husband or my children are at, and then she has to be behaved. <laughs> and so do I. You know, I don't get snippy in situations like that. I only get snippy when I'm one-on-one -on -one with her. So a little introspective learning has to be done here. Remember to be happy. That was not a consideration on Saturday. On Sunday, the meditation was love yourself until it's real. That is, again, very, very telling for me. I get up in the morning and I consider going up to church, but I really and truly could not face other people. I just could not have people around me. I find people exhausting on a good day anyways. As much as, as social as I am and as much as I love people, it's just kind of a side effect of my illness with fibromyalgia that I now get very overwhelmed and I find crowds and people very draining on my energy. Fighting with my mom and having conflict is very draining. I can't work if I'm physically sick and unfortunately emotional turmoil and stress makes me physically sick but then makes it impossible for me to, to work. So Sunday was one of those days where I turned on the TV and there actually was an evangelist on TV. Now, I've never been one for TV evangel evangelists at all, but I thought it was interesting that that channel came on as I turned the TV on to watch, I don't know, some old movie. And I thought I'm going to listen to him for five or ten minutes. And you know what? The message was for me. Now, whether you're a Christian or not is completely irrelevant to how the universe speaks to you. Because I am a Christian, the universe knows that I'm not going to turn off a Christian speaker because I have a affinity with those words because I believe in the Bible. Your message may be coming from a totally different source, but the universe and God knows that I will listen to that message. So he sent that to me. And I really just had to decide again, you have to understand that Personal growth and development is like showering. You need to do it every day, okay? It's not like, oh, I've learned the lesson and you're going to just carry on because if you don't practice and if you don't remind and if you don't nurture the proper habits, the right information in your life, you're just going to keep sliding into the old behavior. So Sunday, Saturday was taken up fully at the hospital with my dad. Then the fight ensued. And I took my mom home in the afternoon and I was just crying and was so upset. That day was shot. My husband gave me something to calm me down, put me in front of a movie and just looked after me like he always does. And then forbade me to spend time alone with my mother for a week. Um, Sunday, by this point now, I'm calmer. I've had a good night's sleep and I need to now look inward to say, okay, where did I go wrong in this situation? I was completely disrespectful and I need to apologize for that. It doesn't matter that what I spoke was my truth. I spoke it in anger and that is not acceptable. And I show disrespect to my mother. That is not ac acceptable. Not in my world. Not in my world, okay? Because these are disciplines. When I gave you the podcast last week about how my sister stomped her feet and wanted to have a fight with my son who ha was mature enough to stand back and say, I can't speak to you for 24 hours until I calm down. Then I had to look at that behavior myself and say, okay, same with you, Shelly Shearer. You do not phone up your mother and rant anymore. You step right away from the situation, calm down, and then look at the situation as to what you need to apologize for. What have I learned from it? What did I do wrong? It's irrelevant what she did wrong. 
Okay, it's completely irrelevant, her opinions or what she did wrong in this situation. When you're trying to resolve conflict for yourself, the other person's wrongdoings or whatever, they are not part of the equation. And that's where we get very, very hung up as human beings. We think it is. And that's how the fight escalated because I couldn't keep my mouth shut on the drive home after what she had said at the hospital, which for me was just such a blatant untruth. And her even believing that just, just, just horrified me. I was just so angry. So I felt I needed to speak my truth. Well, I did then, but I don't get to do that now. It's like I walked away and I need to calm down and I need to say, hey, how better can this situation be resolved? Now, the situation is mostly resolved now through the calmer, for people that can be a lot calmer than I can be, and discussions have happened, and hopefully things will be fine. But sometimes, once you've said stuff, stuff, it cannot come back. But we have to look at ourselves, and only we can control us and the situation, and our contribution to the situation. So if you are still under that misbelief that you're going to change other people, you're not. Maybe in time with enough love and patience and whatever, they will become aware in their own, their own way. Maybe they won't. Tough, tough thing with the generation that's in their 70s and 80s right now. They just come from a generation of different types of communication, different types of attitude about money and politics. You may never relate to that generation in whatever generation you're in. Maybe you do, maybe you won't. But I'm just saying that they come from a different place than us. Now, my mother-in-law was another 15 years older than my parents, so she comes. She was a child during the Second World War. She had ingrained belief systems and mentalities and reactions to life that will never change because of her exposure to that war. You cannot be 12 years old, be in charge of three younger children, be shipped to a work farm to stay, get out of the city and, and, be, and be the same a person, be the same child again, ever again. I don't think that will ever happen, whatever happens again. And it didn't with my mother-in-law. My mom, much younger, but comes from that 50s, 60s generation of housewives and women without careers and dependent on husbands and that sort of idea. The beaver cleaver, as I call it, generation. And she has belief systems and such that will never change. She brings her own hurts and, and childhood into her relationships. And now I bring mine. And it's been interesting for me to study the generational issues that go on in my family, to be quite honest. Uh, and I really encourage you to do the same. Walk a mile in the other person's shoes. I know my mom's never going to change. And I know in my logical self how she views the world. But when you get me into an emotional state, when any of us get into that highly heightened emotional state and all our buttons are pushed, then we're capable of simply forgetting logic altogether and reacting completely emotionally. And that's really not healthy a lot of the time. I really encourage you to be in touch with your emotions. I am highly emotional. I am more emotional than the average person. I've come to accept that about myself. My mother tried to insult me by telling me that I was bossy and pushy and I'm always trying to get stuff done. And I looked at her and I said, I know you consider that an insult. I consider it one of my stronger personality traits. It's helped me succeed in my life. <laughs> and other people don't dislike that about me. She dislikes it in me because that's how she is. Everyone considers my mom really pushy and really bossy. Her nickname was the Dragon Lady when my dad owned his business. But she has no awareness of that. No acceptance that that's who she is as a person. So if you can't accept who you are as a person and how other people perceive you, you're always going to have sort of this unspoken between you and your closest friends. My closest friends know what I'm like. And they know that I know what I'm like. 
I'm sure there's half a dozen character traits that I have that they would love to tell me about. There's just some, some things you don't need to know about yourself. Basically, what other people think of you, that's none of your business. But for the most part, in those half a dozen really tight friendships, the people that help mentor me, that have known me my whole life, have seen me grow, have seen me become more aware, they are clear, I am fairly clear, and that really opens up for a much more deep, deeper and meaningful relationship. Because when you're aware of your strengths and your weaknesses, you're not defined by them. I am not defined by my weaknesses. They are just part of my personality and I keep aware of them so that they do not make involuntary decisions and think bad things happen in my life. I focus on my strengths. Am I highly emotional? Yes. Do I care way too much what my mother thinks of me? Yes. Do I worry like my father? Yes. (laughs) But I also am incredibly caring and generous. I have a good gift of facilitation and knowledge and hospitality. My mom considers it an insult that she doesn't have them when we tell her she has no gift of hospitality. It's not an insult. She has a brilliant gift of service. She's a doer. She all her life at the church and in her life, she always does for people, but she doesn't emotionally attach to them. She just does. Okay. She can be very detached and still have a great gift of service, but she has no gift of hospitality. It freaks her out when people sleep in her house when we have guests there it drives her crazy when we go there she says it doesn't but that's lip service her actions speak louder than words she can hardly handle when people touch her stuff and are in her home she just it's just how she is that is never going to change but that doesn't make it bad I have lots of friends without a gift of hospitality in fact one of my best mentors has no gift of hospitality but she's aware of it She makes no apology for it. She says, please invite me to your house. I will bring a wonderful hostess gift and be very grateful. But she does not entertain in her home. She doesn't want people in her home and in her private space. Doesn't make her a bad person. Doesn't make my mom a bad person, but my mom sees it as a negative. I guess if I was going to take a guess, it's because maybe she can see the rest of us aren't like that. Like my dad, my sister, myself, my husband, huge gift of hospitality. Like we are, come on in. Can I get you a drink? Can I make you a cup of tea? We are just naturally predisposed that way. It does not make us better people. It just happens to be a gift that God gave us. My girlfriend does not feel that way about her lack of that gift. Her other gifts are amazing and she shares those gifts with the world, but don't expect her to throw the Christmas party or to open her home. Don't show it up, show up at her door without phoning first and where she expects you. These are all things that are perfectly normal and healthy and fine. Just be aware of them and don't be insulted by things that you don't have and don't focus on them. All right, enough about that. That's another whole podcast unto itself. So Sunday was love yourself until it's real. So sometimes you just have to fake it till you make it and self-love. I had to learn to show a little self-love to myself on Sunday, Saturday, I wasn't hating myself. You know who I was having a hate on and who I was mad at. But Sunday, I was just disappointed and and hating myself because of how I carried on and how I let someone drive me to that point of anger and explosion. So don't just say the words, love yourself until you experience that love. Now, today is actually all about you're going someplace new. Now, I know I am. I know 2017 is bringing huge changes for me. And again, some of that just might be a little bit more distance again with family or people in my life that are toxic. You are allowed to limit that. I love my family. I had a wonderful Christmas with them. Despite all the stress and the drama my sister and mother loved to bring to every situation, 
they love to call me the drama queen and I am very emotional and, and I can have a certain amount of drama, but I created in a positive environment in my life now. Like I like to do and to be and to be on, like I enjoy that, but they create it if they don't see it. And hence why they wanted the fight now and why they, you know, or they push that at me because they don't recognize that in themselves. So always recognize that in yourself because I know I'm going someplace new and I realize that they're not going to change and I've got to keep, I've got to quit trying to, I've spent the last year and a half trying to get my mom to change. I really thought this time, since she came to me for help with some of the family estate planning and finances, that she was ready to look at herself and to be a different person. She's not. She's not. When it got too uncomfortable for her, she just turned on me again and went back to her, into her shell where she's comfortable and where she feels safe and she has every right to do that. But I have to accept, this isn't about her, this is about me. I have to accept that that person in my life isn't going to change. Therefore, if I let her push my buttons, which makes me physically sick so I can't work, how do you solve that problem? You have to find a solution. So the solution is... For me, I will enjoy my family in a group, not one-on-one. -on -one. Okay? You need to be careful that you are not letting yourself get into a position where people that are completely unaware of their behavior, how they affect you, that you're allowing them power and time to push your buttons. Do you see the difference? I hope I'm making that clear. I really want to paint a picture here of you want to be happy, not right. My mom has no desire to be anything but right. It is unfortunate. It's why she doesn't have friends in her life. My dad is her life and her family. My sister is her life. That is okay too. That's not how I am. But she wants me to be like her and I want her to be like me. And that's just never going to happen. So look at your life and say, I have these people in my life. You want to create the most positive experience you can. And I'd gotten pretty good at that with my mom for the last five years. And then the last year and a half, when she came to me over financial issues, I thought she's finally willing to set aside some of our differences and open her mind and, and change. She wasn't. She thought she was. She truly, I think, in her heart of hearts, thought she could handle the change. And in the end, she just couldn't, <laughs> um, which Saturday was very clear. And I, and obviously it was very clear for me as well that I still give her way too much power over me emotionally. And, uh, and I have to separate myself from that. So groups, that's my answer to this situation. I still want to see my family, have a relationship with them. I don't need to be right. I just need to be happy. And that is my answer. That situation may be very different for you. Maybe you need to find a different solution. Maybe your solution is not doing group things with someone in your life. So maybe your issues are in another environment, whether it be work or family. And the group environment is what's causing all the tension. But there's some, someone in that group that you want a relationship with. Then you need to spend find a, an answer and spend time to find a way to have one-on-one -on -one quality time with that person and not do the group environment. Do you see how my answer isn't the same that could be the same for your answer to your dilemma? Because everybody's lives are different and your problem is, could be completely different from my problem. So just be aware of that and think on that. So today's, um, excuse me, uh, sorry guys, a meditation. <laughs> I don't know why I was having trouble with that word. I've decided in my life that I want to open up more and more. So if you're going someplace new, you have decided to open up more and more. You're becoming clearer every day on what you want, what you need, who you are. I want you to embrace those changes. 
in your life, in your love, in your friends, your family, in your quiet moments. I had a little bit of fun this morning. My mom walked into the house last week on my son's engagement party and I had my dining room table pushed up against the wall so that we had a little more room to move around. Now, I think I've mentioned for my regular listeners, I live in a new home and all the rooms are chopped up because really what it is is two suites that have been joined together. So my dining room is on the other side of a wall from my living room. It's no open floor concept. So a lot of people can't be in the room at once. Well, my mom walked in and she said, you know, the dining room table looks great over there. You should leave it there full time and leave this walking area open. Well, to give you a visual, because of our lack of space, on one wall of my dining room is wall-to-wall bookcases. Excuse me, I apologize. Wall-to-wall bookcases. So the room has a very dining library look to it. And a month and a bit ago, I actually tore the place apart and decided I didn't need my dining room. I've used it, I only use it once a month. And my husband, I needed his little spare room where he had a bit of an office in a corner. I needed that room for another purpose. And he knows we all need it. I made him very angry at the time. I think I podcasted about it. But we need it for something different because my son is having to move and computers and servers and business things have to come down here. As well, he has this wonderful bar area that's like a second kitchen that's very open and has a whole corner where chairs just sit there and people just throw clothing on it. Well, his desk and everything is going to be in that corner. And it's right near a beautiful big open door window. So now he's got light He wasn't thrilled with it. I thought it was a great solution. And I said, you know what? And if you want, we'll just turn the whole dining room into your office. Well, as it turned out, we all worked with it for a few weeks and discovered that that's really just, it wasn't it. That it wasn't going to work for us. I do need, I do need my, I need it. I need my dining room because I do have a gift of hospitality. And until I threw that engagement party, which I haven't thrown really any real events other than barbecue since we've lived in this house for two years, I realize that I need that ability. I do need that ability. We might, we might actually look into taking out part of that wall and opening that space up a little more. Um, I think that would be actually a really nice solution to our problem. But the bottom line is that's kind of where we're at. And, uh, and I do need those things. I, I get such a thrill and such a happiness from having people in my home. And I've taken that part away from me. And so although that it may exhaust me sometimes to do all that entertaining, on occasion, in a smaller context in my old life I still need it because those are still my gifts and those gifts were not being used and I didn't realize I was starving to death in that area of my life I really encourage I've spoken of this before and I've actually I've got a message off to Monique McDonald because I want her to come back as a guest to talk about the chaos cycle on our show but I really encourage you to look up the sacred gifts sacredgifts.com or .ca I believe is her website and you can find her on Facebook discover your sacred gifts She's just amazing because when you truly know your gifts, then you can accept yourself. The things you don't have as, have, has, have as gifts are not weaknesses. They are just not your gift to the world. Just like the hospitality thing. It's not an insult. It's just a fact. Either you have it or you don't. You might enjoy people. You might... Like, for instance, I always thought I had great administration. Once I took the course, I realized I do not have a gift of administration. It's actually one of the gifts. Maybe you just love to organize and that's your gift. So you're happy being administrative assistant or someone's right-hand man because you really do excel at that support role. I have a skill set that I taught myself in my 20s and my late teens in school and through education. It is not a gift. I do not enjoy it. It does not come naturally and I avoid it at all costs. When I have to do it, I'm very good at it. But that was practice. That was a lot of experience and practice. So you see what I mean? And I don't feel bad that I don't have a gift of administration. I realized I have a gift of service. So 
what I'm doing for people and I do enjoy it in certain jobs, that is why I was happy in certain types of bookkeeping and in certain types of support roles because my gift of service was being used. And so often, I know this may sound so bizarre in an accounting situation, but my gift of hospitality was used so much in my career over my life. I've usually owned a second company. Now it's health and wellness and I podcast and coach, but in the past I've actually owned an automotive security company. Um, and that required me to be in shows and car shows and deal with the public and other businesses all the time and entertaining. And so my gift of hospitality was used in a very large scale there. Anything to do with sales and marketing, your gift of hospitality is usually used because you're entertaining people and taking them for lunch and helping them out, gift of service. So you see, I had these other two gifts, but was wondering always why, why I kind of struggled with the administration. So sometimes I would hide behind it because I just didn't want to be in the forefront but it was a, really a skill set. So just know that about yourself. It would be really interesting if you could know these things about yourself, because let me tell you, it really does make life so much easier and it makes dealing with other people easier. It really does. I never feel bad when my mom wants to get up and kind of look after us. Can I, I'll get you a cup of tea, honey, or something like that. Because that's her gift. It gives her joy to do that. And it took me time to understand that. But if your gift isn't that, you're going to find joy in something completely different. Back to the meditation. I really do get off on my tangents, don't I? Without going through her whole thing here, I just like to read her little... This lady always has sort of her meditation for the day, and then she ends it in a little quote in italics. You are open now, more open than you've ever been. Trust the process and trust your heart. The journey is not in vain. Its purpose is to leave, lead you to love. Now, let me tell you, I'm not going to lie. I have a tough time in this world. And when I have ep episodes like the weekend and I see all that ugliness in myself and in someone else, when I watch it on TV, I try and avoid the news at all costs. I just find all of it so upsetting. I, I, I watch shows where the worst of humankind comes out, like our worst characters. And I just think, what is wrong with people? <laughs> but you know what? Then I look around the neighborhood I live in and... Um, my mom made a comment. She meant, again, we were fighting, so she meant it as an insult that I surround myself with people like I am. So uh, obviously I don't think my, my character problems are a problem because I, all the people around me are just like me. <laughs> I laughed and I thought, oh, if she only knew. I actually physically stopped and ran through my brain of all the friends I have in my neighborhood, these amazing people. And we're all very, very different personalities. And I thought, well, if she considers that an insult, again, I'll take it. Because I have attracted the most amazing people to my life. And I live in this neighborhood. Yes, we have two or three of the, you know, curmudgeonly annoying neighbors. You don't get to live in utopia. Unfortunately, conflict resolution is something my family has zero ability in. If there was a gift for conflict resolution, no one in my family has it. Um, that is something that you have got to deal with. Now, my parents have isolated themselves. They live on, my parents live on 20 acres. I, we moved there when I was 16. That acreage was my whole dream. I just always wanted to live on a farm. And then my sister uh, married and never left that property. So they live in this bubble on this 20 acres. And they really, they're very clear on the bubble they live in. They talk about it. They know they live in a bubble. They made a choice. So they don't have a lot of interaction with the outside world. And I don't mean they live in a commune. I'm just saying they, you know, they kind of stick to themselves. They don't deal with neighbors and other people on a daily basis. They only have each other. Well, I, we do life. You have to deal with people. There's very few people that are as fortunate as my parents and my sister and brother-in-law that get to live 
in that sort of choice, the rest of us, we have to deal with people, whether it's at work and neither my mom or sister have worked most of their lives. They've been housewives. So they haven't learned how to do conflict resolution or deal with people they don't want to deal with out in the workforce either. I had to go to work every day. My husband does. Most men do. So we're just coming, kind of coming into, like I remember, a 40s, a beaver cleaver generation. My sister was very fortunate to be able to raise her three children at home as well. She now works uh, part-time to get out of the house, bless her heart. And, uh, but still it's a job that she likes and she enjoys and she does it for fun. There's not a career. There is not owning businesses where you just have to deal with people you don't like and you don't want to deal with in the government. These things, you have got to learn those skill sets to kind of get along in life. And if you choose not to, life's, I think unless you can be like my family and live isolated, you're going to have problems. So I live in this amazing neighborhood, but that doesn't mean I don't have two or three neighbors that all of us just want to smack upside the head. I've got an alcoholic shut-in that lives behind me that goes to the city and complains every time, you know, we mow the lawn with the rider tractor. Um... We have a lady down at the end of the street that unfortunately has got advanced MS and her mind's starting to go a little bit. And she calls everybody on every dog that ever, even though we're an open dog and kid neighborhood, like it's one way in, one way out, dogs and kids run free. But every now and then she just gets a bee in her bonnet and she calls the city on us with the dogs or or starts fighting with her neighbor. It, it just, it doesn't matter. Every neighborhood's going to have these types of personalities. You're never going to agree on everything. So you have to learn to get along, but you also have to learn to see the bigger picture. Is 90% of it great? 90% of my neighborhood is spectacular. I think we're lucky if 75% of us live in great neighbor, 75% of our neighbors are great. I have a 90% success rate if you do the math in this neighborhood. So what's a couple of, you know, antisocial curmudgeon old people? Whatever. <laughs> okay. It's just the cost of cost of life. But no man is an island. You have to you have to deal with people. So find the good, find the happiness, and celebrate that. Because I was having a really tough time with that on the weekend, and I was just watching some. What was I watching? It's like watching The Walking Dead, that American uh, show on the zombies. There was a new show on Netflix, and not for my international listeners, this is a show in um, in North America on a private cable. Co- not really cable. It's a subscription-based TV show that we watch called Netflix. And this new show is called Van Helsing. It's vampires and that kind of stuff. Modern day take. Bottom line is it's another epidemic plague. So people are scavenging to exist and you're seeing the worst in humanity. You know, they're ripping each other off and every man for himself. Society doesn't exist that way. We don't grow and gain strength by every man for himself. That is... That is just an attitude that doesn't work. But unfortunately, a lot of the times that's what we see when we have corrupt governments and people in power that are just there for the power and not for the betterment of the people and for the money. Unfortunately, we see too much of that in our in our in our world these days. In places like in Africa, where there's just, you know, I talk about Africa now because I have a working knowledge of them because I do business there and my son lives there part-time working. It is, it is tough to watch what goes on in these countries that still have corrupt politicians and children that are raised just from, you know, right from the cradle to be prejudiced and have hatred and think women are less. It's sad. But you can't fill your mind with that because that is not truly, I believe, how the world is. I have to look at my neighborhood and say, well, if three out of a hundred people in my neighborhood are tough to get along with and the rest are really good people, 
then that little bit of nonsense I watch on the television, that's not a true picture of what the world is like. I have to believe that the people are good. The Bible likes to say, the Christians like, not the Bible, the Christians like to preach that we are inherently evil. You know, that we need Jesus Christ for our sins. And I do believe that. As a Christian, I believe that. But I also believe that there is a lot of good in people. And given the chance and giving the nourishment and uh, the nourishment? Nurturement. Nurture, nurturing, that's what I'm looking for. And you understanding yourself and the world around you. That we can always find people and encourage them to be better. We don't have to live by the adage that everyone's evil and everyone's out to get you. I don't, I just don't want to go there. I don't want to live that way. I don't want to believe that. So I hope you have given you some food for thought and I hope you have a fantastic day and I'll catch you on the flip side. Thank you for joining me here today. And if you subscribe to my podcast, you won't miss a thing. Remember to focus on not living in regret. You can reach me on Twitter at livingwell8 or email me at livingwellwithshell at gmail.com. Let me know what you liked best about today's podcast, leave a review on iTunes, or leave me a message on something you'd like me to speak on next. Have a great day, everyone.